Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Paul Domowich and Les Bowen of the Inquirer. Hey guys, what's going on? Hey. Howdy, Jeff. Domo, you sound really excited about free agency. <laughs> <laughs> I sure am. Well, uh, not much going on here in uh, Philly Eagles land. Uh, the Eagles have yet to sign anybody in free agency. I, I don't think it's much of, of a surprise. Of course, you know, right now we're in the tampering, the legal tampering period. But uh, when this uh, podcast goes to print, so to speak, uh, we should be what about the time that the free agency is actually starting. Um, and I think we all expected that the Eagles were not going to be major players because of their salary cap issues. But also, I think that we've what we've seen out of Howie Roseman years is to kind of sit back and wait and see how the market is set. I mean, maybe they'll they'll earmark money towards certain guys and they'll get them in the early going. But obviously, in lieu of the uh, in relation to their cap issues, that's something that they can't do this year. And it might play actually well play out well for them because, as we've seen in the past, free agency is a bit of fool's gold. What have, what have you guys, before we jump into the Eagles specifically, have you guys paid attention to any of the uh, the big uh, big money deals uh, so far? And what do you make of those and, what, and how that may affect the Eagles and what they do eventually? Well, I guess the big news this morning is that uh, the Patriots have signed two tight ends from free agency, uh, Johnny Smith and uh, Hunter Henry, which really uh, takes the top off of that market and maybe make Zach Ertz a more tradable commodity. Um, it's certainly, he's better than anybody else uh, on the free agent market right now. Those two guys gone. And the Patriots have gone around signing pretty much everybody. It's almost like the 2011 Eagles dream team or something. Uh, they've signed Nelson Aguilar. They've signed Jalen Mills. They, you know, they, they've got to be approaching double digits with the signings right now. They had the cap room to do it, but that doesn't mean it's a great idea to just bring in a bunch of guys from various teams around the league and try to try to put a team together. So we'll see how that works out. That, that's my main takeaway is the Patriots have gone nuts and the rest of the market seems pretty, uh, pretty tame so far. Yeah. The contract that uh, stood out to me is the, Shaq Barrett contract in, in Tampa Bay, which kind of shows you, you can pretty much, you know, the Eagles can sign somebody here and, and pay them next to nothing this year, regardless. I mean, Shaq Barrett signed what a four year, $72 yep. million dollar deal. His, his cap number for 2021 is going to be $5 million. So, uh, you know, they can, if, if there's some, I mean, there's nobody that I don't expect them to sign a premier free agent here. But uh, I think in the second wave, if there's somebody that jumps out at them that they mm-hmm. they want to sign, they can do it and, and navigate their cap problems this year without too much problem. It's a shame that the, that, that room, uh, when John Johnson went off the board yesterday to Cleveland, that was a big deal. I mean, he got a lot of money, but that would have been a perfect fit here, I think. A really good, young, safety you know, that that's going to that would be here for several years, uh, but they just can't make that kind of deal right now. Yeah, there yeah. was mentioned. So I, I, I don't know where the report was, but there was a, a mention that the Eagles had some interest, but I'm sure that they they were out of it pretty early uh, based upon what he got guaranteed. Yeah. And, and at safety, I mean, they, they 
Kayvon Wallace has to be a player for them. If he's not, yeah. I mean, it just adds to Howie's uh, list of guys that he really screwed up on. Uh, I mean, I, I, long-term here, you know, I can see Wallace and, and Avante Maddox being their safeties, um, you know, and so I don't know. I don't know how much money they're willing to spend on that position. Uh, I'm not sure right now, you know, what exactly they see as a, a priority in free agency. It kind of depends on how, you know, it, it depends on how you view 2021. I mean, they know they can't win a Super Bowl, but I don't think they think they can't win the NFC East. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I think one of the reasons we've seen so many restructurings, they're keep, you know, they want to keep a good line in front of uh, uh, Jalen Hurts to, to give him every opportunity to succeed. Um, you know, they've, they've, you go back to, to last or January when we talked to, to Jeffrey Lurie and he kind of compared this year to 2016, uh, which, you know, they went seven and nine, but they lost six games by five, seven points or less. So they were in just about every game. So is that what they feel this year is going to be like, as opposed to a year where a lot of people think they're going to, you know, be a three and 13 team. I mean, I think they're closer to a seven and nine situation than they are three and 13. Well, since we're talking about the safety subject, let's just dive into that a little bit in terms of where they stand. The Jalen Mills, yeah, of all, of all the unrestricted free agents, I thought maybe he was the most likely to return. I, I, I didn't think it was necessarily likely, but of all the guys, maybe there's a chance that they mm-hmm. bring him back based upon his his play. And, and they know him and like him. I've had him in the building, obviously, a long time. Did he play great last year? No, not necessarily. But, he, you know, he did OK, which is kind of what Jalen's been. OK, but the yeah. Patriots signed him to a four year deal, 24 million. Now, only nine million of that is guaranteed, and, and we don't even know the particulars of whether it's you know guaranteed for injury, et cetera. So it, it sounds to me like it's probably like you know one year deal with six million guaranteed. So it's not like it was a huge amount. It sounds like a lot. That's kind of a Drew Rose and how special, if you ask me, on that deal looks great, but on paper probably not as great as it as it may appear. Um, versatile guy, but now the Eagles have found themselves in the situation with uh, Rodney McLeod is whether you know we don't know. Time after the knee injury, and can you afford to kind of gamble on him being back in time, or or do you got to go out there and get somebody? Because as you mentioned, Dombo, I mean, Kayvon Wallace didn't really show enough to me where you pencil him as a starter. Uh, I think I've long agreed with you too that I thought Avante Maddox was probably better suited to play that box safety spot. Um, certainly better than the outside spot that he's been playing the last year. He's not going to do that next year. I think that's that's pretty evident. Where do you think they go with safety guys? What do you think they're going to do? Um, at that spot, I mean, well, they, there are a bunch of free agents out there that they could uh, certainly look at. Uh, I don't think any of them are that much better than Jalen Mills, and it's you know, what what do you pay them? I mean, uh, the, the uh, Mills came back for twenty twenty at uh, four million dollars, basically, uh, which is dirt cheap for a veteran veteran safety. Um, course he was just transitioning to safety from corner but you know you're not going to find some i guess my point is you're not going to find anybody who's any good at that price range um you know it's a good question i don't know what they do at safety uh with mills i thought he would probably still be here somehow if jim schwartz was still around what happens when you Mm -hmm. change coordinators is guys that have value because they know a certain system inside out and, 
you know, their, their continuity and all that doesn't matter as much, you know, uh, it's going to be a new system. So, you know, he'd be starting from square one uh, here and none of the coaches that are here now have any history with him whatsoever. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that happens. Uh, it, I, I thought going into the off season that they'd be very likely to keep him around, but you know, that's not what happened. Yeah. I mean, Mills would have been a, I mean, we don't know per se with Gannon, Jonathan Gannon, exactly what he's going to run. We assume he's going to run something similar to what they did in Indianapolis uh, where he coached last, which would be a lot of zone coverage, a lot of uh, which, which seems it would have, you know, Mills would have fit in well in that system. So, you know, I think this was more a money situation than anything else. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, to look at who they're going to sign, like with all new coaches, we'd have, let's go back and look at, at Gannon's history and, and Sirianni's history and see guys that, that have crossed, they've crossed paths with that they like. And uh, that's who, who probably will end up here. Yeah. Uh, specifically is Malik Hooker. If we're talking about safety uh, played under John, Jonathan Gannon, he's had, you know, he's coming off a torn Achilles and he's had some injury issues, former first round pick. So I guess you, you think there's some talent there. Uh, some of the other guys, maybe Keanu Neal, Xavier Woods, P.J. Williams, no one really exactly going to light the world on fire, um, at least in terms of, uh, you know, excitement here in Philadelphia. But they're going to have to add somebody, I, I feel like. I don't think you can go with, right now, Kayvon Wallace and Marcus Epps <laughs> as your uh, your top two safeties if you, if you were to keep Maddox in the slot. Uh, Rudy Ford uh, signed uh, with the Jaguars another safety, but pretty much more yeah. of a special teams uh, guy, a really good gunner, um, you know, not a, not a priority Harris signing. guy from Minnesota, he, Anthony Harris, he's a safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's another guy that they, maybe they could be interested in signing. Uh, like, I think they're, again, with safety position, you're probably going to let the, the market set and wait to see what you can right. get on, on, the, uh, on the cheap. Uh, transitioning to uh, – well, really quick, we should just talk about what the Eagles have done or the two main priorities. Let's start with the two main priorities is, is with what they're going to do about Zach Ertz and whether they're going to and what they're going to do with Derek Barnett. Damo, you wrote about Barnett uh, just this past within this last week. Uh, you know, they're getting close here. They got to make a decision on whether they're going to they're going to pick up that option. Fifth year option will get paid around uh, 10, 11 million a year this year or whether they work out a, a, a contract uh, deal. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think. I mean, I, my, my sense is that they would, you know, they want to keep him and they'd want to sign him to a, an extension that would lighten his 2021 cap number. Um, but I mean, because they just, I mean, they are not in a position where they can let go. I mean, Derek Barnett has not been what you'd expect the 14th pick in the draft to be in 2017, but he hasn't been a bust and, and they don't have enough depth right now at, at, at edge rusher to just throw away a guy like that so i think they want to keep him uh now they could if they can somehow navigate you know restructure enough deals here where they could carry him for a little while while they continue to negotiate with rosenhaus on a new deal that's a possibility but i think ultimately he's gonna i think he stays and i think he gets a new uh, a, a new contract extension i mean that's my sense of the situation i just can't see it I cannot see Howie after trading away his 2016 first round pick 
releasing his 2017 first round pick. It's just a bad, it's bad optics, if nothing else. Yeah, and I think we have to kind of acknowledge the fact that they seem to be very close to getting under the cap now, and they've done nothing with Ertz, Marquise Goodwin, or uh, Barnett. So, you know, what are they going to do here? I mean, everybody assumed they were going to get rid of Goodwin. They haven't. Maybe they still will. I mean, they still have to make another move or two. Um, With Barnett, you know, you can – what they did – maybe you can help me on this, Domo. Didn't they sort of pick up the option? I mean, they they have him for $10 million right. if they want to pay him that, yeah. right? So, just like, uh, you I mean, know. Just like it, I mean, it's a similar situation to Nelson Aguilar uh, two years yeah. ago. I mean, the, if they do nothing here going through tomorrow, uh, he's guaranteed $10 million this year. Now, you can you can redo that deal after that. I mean, uh, yeah. but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, even if, you know, so I, I I think if 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 they were going to release them, they would have done so by now. Uh, right, right. You know, I think, the, and we and I think with Ertz, I think you can say the same yeah. thing. I, you know, uh, they want to get some value for Zach yeah. Ertz, and that's a tough thing to do with the year that he's coming off of. But if they can get there yeah. again, if they can get under the cap, uh, he's under contract, and they can play this out as long as they want until somebody really needs a tight yeah. end. You know, Zach's not going to like that, and his agent's not going to like that. But uh, they're under no obligation. It's not like he becomes a free agent tomorrow, yeah. you know. Uh, so it's going to be real interesting with those three guys. I, there's something's got to happen in there with, with somebody, surely. I, I would imagine by the time this <laughs> this podcast is posted, one of those things is going to have happened already. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's and there was a report on I guess it was Sunday about Ertz and how, you know, the round pick. We all know that's unlikely, and and that Ertz was getting antsy about about his future, and understandably so. Uh, the Eagles certainly have an obligation to do what's within their best interest. Uh, you don't want to kind of you want to help Zach out, but at the same time, you really have to do what's best for you. As well, my feeling, though, is that, you know, Mm -hmm. the third round pick is unrealistic. I even think maybe even a fourth round is unrealistic. And then you get in the situation where teams know that the Eagles are, you know, there was a, I think in the report, there was like, well, they're not bringing back that that ship has sailed. No, he won't play. You know what I, you know what I, what what I think we might see end up happening with Ertz if they do trade him is is something similar. You know, they've got what right now, 10 picks. Uh, this year in April, I mean, a lot of them are mm-hmm. sixth yeah. and seventh round mm-hmm. picks, but uh, I mean, you can get more by by taking a pick in 2022, like they are with Wentz, uh, the condition, the conditional mm-hmm. pick. I mean, they can afford, to, considering that this isn't a Super Bowl or bust year to begin with, they can afford to do the same thing with Ertz, like to get a, a round better pick, take it in 2022 rather than this year. Yeah, that's a good point, Damo. Yeah, uh, that that could be what happens, uh, but you know, teams know that. They could buy if they want. They can wait, and he may end up being on the market. Um, of course, there'll probably be some teams interested in that. They want to beat it before he gets to the market because he's a free agent. They'd have to sign it to a certain deal. And some teams may want to. I mean, he's going to make what eight point six million this year. That's mm-hmm. a fair amount. It's, I don't think it's ridiculous uh, for someone of of Zach's uh, capabilities. We all know he didn't have a good year in two thousand and twenty, um, but he's he's only thirty. He's still in good shape. Uh, there were signs of regression last year, I do have to admit. Um, yeah. So you have to be concerned about that if you're a team. But uh, as less as you mentioned with the 
Patriots already signing two of the top free agent tight ends. There's going to be some teams that are going to be interested uh, that still need a tight end that they're going to be out there. Uh, uh, we should also talk about the contract uh, maneuverings that all this is unexpected. Uh, expected, but I, I want to ask you guys how you feel about giving a lot of these over 30 guys uh, pretty much what is uh, what equates to raises. I mean, you're giving them more guarantee. I know you're lowering the cap number for 2021, something they had to do, but you know, Jason Kelsey got a raise. Uh, Brandon Graham's right. getting more money guarantee. Now that doesn't mean he will, he'll be here next year. And that does lower the cap number for this year, but you're just looking at it. Brandon Brooks reworked his deal. It just, it just goes to show you the, the core of this team, the best players are still over 30 guys. It's just not the way you, yep. you yeah. really want. Yep. Well, I think um, it goes, oh, go ahead. You go first, Les. No, no. You I mean, I, I, I think it, 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 it's a reflection of two things I mentioned earlier. One with, with, I mean, they've, most of those contracts that they've restructured, the offensive linemen, Lane, Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey, Samalo, uh, they want to put, a good line in front of Jalen Hurts, which goes back to the to the the Lurie quote about the report in ESPN about prioritizing his success in 2021. I mean, they want to give him every opportunity to succeed, and so that they can make a fair judgment on him after after this season. And the second thing is, the cap is going to take a substantial hike in 2022, uh, and they know it, and so they have not had. They they have no problem with taking a guy. You know, Brandon's going to be 34 in April, I believe. I mean, to give you know to, to extend him and push money into the future uh, is not a big deal for them, or you know, because of of how much the cap's going to go up, and it and it helps them this year as far as being competitive. Yeah, my point on this is that they had to do this. I mean, they didn't have much recourse unless they just wanted to nuke everything and let go of you know some of their best players and get nothing for them and have a horrible team this year which really isn't the way it works in the nfl people don't do that very often uh and everybody across the league is doing this sort of thing because of this unique circumstance with the cap going down this year and then the expectation that it's going to go way up next year when the eagles will have wentz's deal off the books so they already have cap room next year. Uh, I, I don't have any problem with it whatsoever. It's not optimal, but it's the best they could, the best solution they could come to in this situation, which they put themselves in. You know, I, I, they didn't have any great options here, and I think restructuring these deals is probably the best way to proceed. Uh, you know, rather than saying goodbye to Brandon Brooks and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey and, and all these guys, uh, you know, they did what yeah. they had. To and do. I think in the case of Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey, uh, you want culture stalwart guys in the locker room to help Nick Sirianni and, and those new coaches kind of transition yeah. and, and what, whoever else they bring to teach them kind of, you know, the Eagle way. I know obviously that that's, that's a cliche and, and, and the Eagle way will change under a new head coach, but this helps Nick, and having both those guys, those those are leaders that you want on your team. Um, I think a little too much has been made of, oh, well, you know, 
everyone's saying the Eagles aren't a destination place. But look, these guys didn't want to leave. Well, they won a Super Bowl, and, and they both got really essentially more money out of it. So I think a little bit is too much. Too much is being made of that. But you know, there's certainly a loyalty there from Brandon and, and Jason, and they'll when even after they retire, they'll probably still be affiliated with with the franchise yeah. as well. The reality in the NFL is, unless there's some huge conflict going on with a coach or something, almost nobody who's been in one place for years and years and years wants to leave. You know, usually you have a house and a wife and kids and, yeah. who are in school. You know, nobody wants to. You know, you have friends and and you're you're kind of a part of the place. You know, even if the team isn't very yeah. good. Uh, Nobody's thinking, you know, after 10 years here, I sure do want to go see what it's like in New Orleans. And smart <laughs> players, and these most of these guys we're talking about here are smart players, understand that the grass isn't always green or someplace else. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we, we talked about uh, safety. Uh, let's dip into this a little bit more of uh, positions that they could be addressing here in free agency that aren't going to really break the bank for them. Uh, I think with the wide receiver market being, you know, clearly it's not a hot ticket right now in free agency. Same thing as last year. I mean, some of that has to do with the, the, the names that we're hearing, uh, the names that are out there. But I'm sure that at some point they can add maybe one guy uh, not totally out of their price range. I mean, you know, I'm not saying Juju Smith-Schuster or Will Fuller are at, are likely. Yeah. But th- those guys are still unsigned. Um so or I don't Samuel. know. Samuel, jo- Josh Reynolds, yeah, Curtis Samuel was someone that the, the Eagles actually were really close to. They were kind of that was a guy they had targeted, but they had plans to move him from wide receiver to the running back in that after that 2017 draft. I mean, he did obviously some running for for the 49ers, and they do like multi-purpose guys. I don't know with yes. Jalen with Jalen Rager being, you know, is that a guy that you want? I mean, it, maybe if it's not going to cost you much, maybe maybe Curtis Samuel's a guy you bring in. Um, yeah. Josh Reynolds, Curtis Samuel just seemed. I mean, you're, you like you just said, you 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 already have that in Jalen Rager, so um, a, a guy that you can use on screens and and a lot of the things that that Samuel's good at. So I'm not, I I don't see the benefit there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I I got a feeling some of their free agency attention here is going to be. Uh, on defense, uh, cornerback, defensive tackle. You know they're getting rid of Malik Jackson. Uh, they don't have yeah. you know, they don't have a cornerback right now to go with uh, uh, yeah. uh, Darius Slay, so they need help there. Uh, and you know right. I don't that'd be that'd be where I would turn my attention if I were them trying to help Gant put yeah, together a that, unit for Gannon. Right, and a lot- yeah, you mentioned the tackle, and that's. Uh, that's something you do, do need to look at. It, it, this is a bad draft for defensive tackles, apparently. Once you get out of like the first or second round, I don't want to see the Eagles take a defensive tackle at sixth overall. So, you know, I I think a signing there would yeah. be very prudent. Yeah, uh, linebacker as well. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are probably going to be moving on. And I'm not saying that they're going to spend in, at linebacker. We know that's not the way Howie Roseman does things. But that you can get – uh, some some cheap labor, I guess you'd, you'd call it. Yeah. Uh, Eric Wilson is someone that I think would would maybe make sense. Um, Anthony Walker Jr. has some past experience with with Gannon and the Colts staff. Um, 
cornerback, any names popping out. Kevin King, I think, is one name that a lot of, a lot of people have thrown out there, despite how poorly he played in that NFC Championship game. Um, anybody else that you think could play opposite Darius Slay uh, that they would bring in in free agency? Yeah, I haven't studied the group enough to. I mean, they they, they obviously is if Gannon's going to play a lot of zone, it it kind of opens up the field as far as what, guy. what kind of corners you you know, you need. You you don't need to find a, a press corner guy. You know, the, you mentioned the linebacker situation. I'm really curious to what they think right now. I mean, you know, they spent you know they've got two young linebackers they drafted last year and, and it's like Kayvon they didn't do much much if anything last year Sean Bradley and uh, and Davion Taylor and, but they, you know one of them better turn out to be a decent player or again it's another black mark on how he's uh, uh, draft record so you know do they do they believe these guys are you know do they believe Taylor can be a player this year do they believe Sean Bradley can turn into a player uh, you know that's going to impact what they do in free agency. I think John Bradley is a lot closer to being a player than yeah. uh, than Taylor is. I, yeah, Bradley was not a high pick, but I thought he he got in there, showed some things. Uh, Taylor, to me, is a problem. I mean, yeah. third round project, uh, and he didn't yeah. really do much. Uh, yeah. You didn't see him excel on special teams. Uh, <laughs> Boy, I, you know, this looks like a lot of the, the first glance anyway, like a lot of the picks that they've made over the years uh, with guys of athletic potential who didn't turn out to be other players, which, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, they got to do something at linebacker. I kind of like that uh, Jayon Brown guy from, from the Titans. He might cost some money, but he can actually cover, you know, which is something they just don't have in a linebacker very much. Uh, uh, but we were talking about corners. Uh, I don't know. I, the, the, a lot of them are older corners that are on the market. I mean, you're not going to bring in Richard Sherman at this point no. or Casey Hayward or Patrick Peterson. No. Or, you know, uh, I don't know what you do there, to tell you the truth. I kind of thought it would be a good idea to, to keep uh, Mills around for that reason. Malcolm Butler, Desmond Trufant, you know, they're all over 30. Xavier well, how he's uh, uh, MO in the past with situations like this. I mean, you're, you, they would have had to overpay with Jalen uh, is to go get a guy who's mm-hmm. coming off an injury, who's got something to prove, you know, that you can get on a one-year deal for, a, you know, uh, cheaper than, you know, you, you would have had to pay a guy like Jalen. I'm I'm guessing right. I'm guessing that's how he's viewing a lot of the free agents that they're going to sign. You know, finding guys that are willing to take less to come here and prove something off a one-year deal. Right. What about a guy like What about a guy like Bashad Breland? Uh, he's just 29. Um, you know, he can play physical press, corner stuff. Uh, I don't know. I he's been around quite a few. You know, he's been. A, Washington and yeah, Kansas never City, liked him, and, but uh, uh, you know he fits the profile, I guess. You know, they, they got to sign somebody, though. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, I guess Awuzie from the Cowboys. I was younger. Uh, I'm just kind of yeah, reeling off names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll I, see. There's a, I think the big picture story here is that uh, once again, they cornerback uh, position is unsettled. Uh, I would be remiss yes. if I, we didn't talk about quarterback and what they may do there in free agency. Yeah. 
do you guys feel like they're going to, you know, bring in the, you know, someone like Jacoby Brissett or Tyrod Taylor? Yeah, I think Ty- I mean Tyrod Taylor seems to be yes, an ideal guy for them. Uh, you know, a veteran who will be, cont- you know, who, who I mean, every uh, I I know people that have been around him at previous stops, and he's been a good guy for young quarterbacks. Um, yeah. And I think he and he would be a, a help to Jalen without he wouldn't be a guy that would be itching to you know get a chance to play. Um, I mean, I think he'd be a, he'd be a good veteran backup for them. Plus. And I, I, there's been a report that they're really interested in Jacoby. I, I don't know, uh, you know, he certainly has yeah. history with Nick Sirianni. Um, he's not that different from Tyrod Taylor. I guess he's a little younger, but uh, it pretty similar yeah. playing styles, I guess. Uh, you know, a reasonable, not a guy who's going to move the needle, but they don't really want that. You know, they just want somebody to be there to run an offense competently if right. Jalen Hurts is hurt or something or to end as right. you said right. to advise, I, I think you know regardless it's you know with both of those guys both of them are mobile so I mean it's somebody that's a, has a skimmel, similar skill set uh to to Hurts so that you're not you know you can you know if he did get hurt if he did miss a game you're not changing up too much yeah, I think what's clear is that they they're going to bring in a quarterback. I mean, Jalen Hurts is the only guy they have on a contract. They're going to need a couple quarterbacks. Yeah. In fact, um, yeah. you know, certainly the the drafting of one is, is is a possibility. But I think the veteran route is certainly one that they're going to go here. It's just a matter of when. Um, you know, before we sign off, I just wanted to shift gears here. And Doug Peterson spoke for the first time since being fired, at least publicly. Less I know that you uh, exchanged texts with him about his future. But uh, he did a podcast with uh, John Clark of NBC Sports Philly. And most of it was just about Doug coming on to kind of help his son out, who is a tight end from Louisiana Monroe. He's trying to get drafted. But the second half of the podcast was uh, almost exclusively about the Eagles. And he was asked about, you know, did he deserve to get fired? Uh, was, Was your selections for coaching replacements part of the reason why you got fired? was this, you know, the reports out there about the the fracturing of your relationship, Carson Wentz accurate, and what's your future hold? And his answer to deserve is like he won another opportunity. So um, that was pretty clear, although I'm not sure how much of an opportunity you want when you keep insisting that Press Taylor is going to be your offensive <laughs> coordinator and you know that's not going to sit well with Jeffrey Lurie. Um, yeah. And he did, you know, he didn't discount, discredit the reports that you know that was an issue certainly for Jeff that that Doug didn't wasn't going to really go the route that Jeff wanted to go in terms of the coaches and I guess the more interesting uh part was the Carson Wentz thing I mean look you know there was a report out there that was like 10 weeks they didn't talk I mean I'm not trying to just discredit that report but you know from what I just talked to a lot of people it wasn't they were talking up until the benching they were still you know the relationship was certainly strained it wasn't really until the benching that they just stopped talking. And some of that had to do with just the fact that they, Doug is spending more time with Jalen to get him ready for games. And some of that had to do with the way Carson right. felt about things. I think Doug, from his point of view, maybe didn't realize how, how Carson felt so strongly about things. And which kind of speaks a little bit to Doug's personality, quite frankly, he could be, he could be yeah. a little aloof. Um, they did text, uh, you know, occasionally here and there, but, 
I, I think Doug admitted too. He's like, you know, I understand that Carson was frustrated. Look, I think it was more on Carson's end. And Doug, again, this probably speaks to maybe one of the ways in which he just wasn't all there, I think, in 2020. Um, did you guys listen to the interview? Would you make of it uh, any? It, it was not much was really revealed in the in the. But it was good to hear Doug. No, but the Wince the Wince thing was the most interesting thing in there for yeah. me. Uh, the rest of it was was pretty well plowed ground, and, and you just summed it up very well. I don't think he understood, you know, how disaffected Carson Wentz would be from from him doing what he did and, and uh, you know, the, the way the season went, I guess, with the offense overall, I just don't think Doug got it. I mean, that coming in to tell Jeffrey that you want Press Taylor to be the offensive coordinator is a strong indication that you didn't quite get it. Uh, I just don't think he saw the same things the rest of us saw from that offense. And it's interesting because – I wasn't covering the Eagles back when Doug was the quarterback in 1999, but I've talked to people who were and I, when Doug was hired as coach. And one thing they remembered vividly was Doug was very upset when Andy Reid benched him to put in Donovan McNabb uh, halfway through that season. Doug thought he was going to get the whole season to prove he could be a store, starting quarterback in the NFL, and he didn't. And even though he knew Donovan was the future, you know, he thought he had 1999 and he didn't. And he was very, you know, he left and went to Cleveland. And, you know, I guess what I'm saying is Doug always talks about how he understands these guys and he's been in their position and so on and so forth. This was a textbook example of how he should have understood how a guy. Well, the the difference between him and Carson is. You know, Doug was a guy without a lot of talent that that made the most of what he had, and uh, you know, yeah, Carson's a guy with Carson's a guy with a lot of talent. Well, I'm not who uh, first, but... you know couldn't whose accountability uh, situation ended up being a problem. Yeah, and I, I would agree that I don't want to. Yeah, as Les said, plow more the same ground on turf on this, but I think like Doug. Yeah, just kind of speaking from Doug's point of view. Yeah, like I mentioned the aloof thing and maybe how he was partly the response for the disintegration of that relationship. But Doug was certainly there's some old school uh, aspect to his thinking. And I think he gave Carson every opportunity to to work his way back into playing at his level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there were people in that building that were arguing for Carson to be benched way earlier than he was benched. And teammates and you know one point as i reported in january an offensive lineman went to the went to uh you know doug and and wanted to change uh for to jalen hurts so you know doug did a lot for carson um you know was was he completely dialed in all the time no not really that's kind of just who he is uh but i don't think I, i it's tough to look at this from Doug's point of view and say, you know, that he really did anything terribly wrong. Um, and as we all, as we all know at this point, it wasn't really just Doug Peterson, why Carson wanted out of Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, there was a whole bunch of problems and my guess is it had more to do with Jeffrey and Howie and how they handled the Jalen Hurts situation. Uh, and I guess in the surrounding of talent, 
that had more to do it. And the yeah. situation in general, just, you know, Carson playing in Philadelphia and the court con- controversy and knowing that if he came back and he struggled at all, how that would have gone over with fans and media. Um, I think it was just a bunch of reasons. And, and Doug was just a little, it was just one piece of well, that. Well, now he's in Indianapolis where no one will boo him and uh, everybody will live happily ever after. We shall see. We shall see. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us for the Bird's Eye View podcast. Damo, Les, I know you guys got a lot of work, so I'll let you get to it. Um, well, I guess a lot will depend on what the Eagles do here in free agency, but uh, I think stuff stuff will happen. Just a mm-hmm. few small signings here and there. Well, there'll be maybe a trade or two. Um, certainly, everyone's keeping an eye on Zach Ertz. What happens there? Derek Barnett and his contract extension and and a few other moves that that are possible over these next few weeks, but it's not like usual, right? This is definitely a new uh, we're plowing new territory yeah. here, right? That's absolutely all right, guys. Thanks right. for joining us for the Birds Eye View podcast. Please uh, read all of our stuff at Inquire.com. Sign up for the Early Birds newsletter, and uh, we'll see you probably soon. Probably after the Eagles make a few signings here to update you on free agency. Have a Take nice care. day.